Okay, pals, I'm gonna give a warning right up top. This one is very not safe for work. If you have kids, please put, put them away <laughs> because you saw the title. Today, we're talking about fuck energy. But first, some housekeeping. Over the weekend of July 18th, 2020, me, Anne, and Katie took eight plus hours every day to sit down and really edit the season two scripts of Valence, all like 350 pages of it. <laughs> we finished our edits and this weekend we are sending new contracts and the season two scripts to the cast. And while we're talking about contracts, I wanna be transparent about a change that we're making to Valence's second season. Hughouse has not renewed our contract with Julia Shafini, our sound designer for season one. We love Julia's work and really value everything she gave to this world that we've created. For season two forward, I'll be taking over as our editor and sound designer. I just wanted a bit more control over how the podcast sounds. We'll keep you posted about the progress of season two as we go, but for now, let's focus on the discussion at hand. If you haven't listened to episode 11 of Balance, uh... Do that. <laughs> but if you've read this episode description, you probably already know what's up here. I sat down with Josh and John, Liam and Nico, to talk about conveying uh, fuck energy in audio. So what is fuck energy? Is that something I need to... Okay, so fuck energy is like a really specific forward overtly sexual posturing. Okay, let's just, let's get something out of the way. I have some atoning to do. Okay. Yeah. Hi. So, hi. Um, today we're going to be talking about fuck energy. <laughs> Hot. Uh, to preface, I should probably... Uh, come clean about this phrase. Do y'all know the first instance uh, that Hug House used the phrase fuck energy? I believe it was 1793. You're right. That's the one. Yep. Uh, no, fuck energy, the first time uh, the first time we used it, it was me. And it was not about anything in Valence. It was about um, Rum Tum Tugger. Oh, oh, that makes wait, sense. I remember this. That absolutely checks out. <laughs> oh, I hate it. I hate it. The rum tugger is a son of a bitch. <laughs> it's, a fucking, it's all garbage. It's all garbage. It's about cats, Will. It's, it's about, about cats. cats. Uh, yeah, I... Fuck energy is one of those phrases that, like, uh, I said it and immediately thought, oh, no. Because I knew that it would never leave my brain again. And it's such a concise and direct way of saying exactly what I mean. Um, however, also, I do hate it. And I especially hate its origins. Um, but I think I just need to, you know, I think I need to take the blame for this one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry I've done this. And I'm also sorry for the time I was in Disney World and I was very tired and I called Launchpad McQuack, Launchpad McFuck, and then wouldn't stop laughing. I'm sorry. So when we cast Nico and Liam, Fuck Energy was something that we had to keep in mind. 
First, we wanted to make sure that the actors were comfortable with conveying and receiving fuck energy from another actor in, like, a very explicitly not straight way. So, when we were casting Valence, um, John, I think that you you knew going into it that there was going to be an expectation of fuck energy. Yeah, uh, there's definitely going to be some horniness that needed, that was, the role required some horniness. It really did. Like, it's Nico. Yeah, and then, Joshi, I don't know if you know this. Um, when we did callbacks, so I know that you got the email for, for callbacks for Liam, and part of it was essentially like, hey, this role will require some fuck energy. And um, one of the one of the potential Liams um, backed <laughs> out because of this, which I actually think is, Sorry. like, totally valid. He just kind of wasn't comfortable with it, and I think that that's uh, legit. Um, yeah, but... I, I I believe my response was I'm in caravan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, can you can you explain caravan and your role on it uh, without spoilers for listeners who haven't checked it out yet, um, who absolutely should because it rules. It is very great. Um, okay, so caravan is a great audio drama by Tozaman. Um, and it is about a uh, the main character is named Samir, and he accidentally falls into hell, and he has to sort of traverse it with the help of the sort of um, demon hunting cowboys, and you it's just sort of like this great journey story. It's like. A road trip slash western slash monster fucking awesome time, and I really love that I get to be a part of it, uh, and I also get to play the devil, um, which means that this play, this show will always have a very special place in my heart. So go listen to Caravan as well. It's so it's so good. So like you had you had plenty of experience uh with fuck energy in audio um i th- i think honestly that out of the three of us i am probably the most bashful with it uh which is difficult cuz i am the one who does the writing of it <laughs> <laughs> i i have this picture in my head of you writing like cutesy intimates or just like fuck energy scenes and you handle the keyboard in the same way that I handle like chicken cutlet when I'm making chicken cutlet it's just oh ew 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 I just have to get this done ew yeah pretty much (laughs) I will say actually we should talk about the fact that you and I are like long term friends John because does that make it weirder for me yes does Does that make it weirder for you Wait, does it? It makes it weird for you um, to write something with fuck energy, knowing that I'm going to be saying it. So it's an interesting process for me. When I am writing it, uh, my brain doesn't connect like any actor as their character. Mm-hmm. Like I-, I am just writing the characters. Um, it is only after that I come to the realization, and then I'm like stressed. <laughs> But I think this is also the case for, like, really hyper-emotional scenes, you know, where, like, I just write it and then I realize, like, oh, somebody has to out loud this, you know? Um, oh, so it's it's not really about 
the sex. Well, it is. It is. Uh, okay. <laughs> there's just, there's, like, there's, there's There's different... just a layer of it that is, like, f- uh, uh, just about the fact that somebody else has to say something that you wrote. Right. But the fact that I've known you for, like, ever does play into that. I, and I think it's especially because, like, the way that our friendship is, is, like, you're my mom sibling. Yeah, we both, we both call each other uh, names that uh, would, would line up in that. Yes, exactly. So there's a layer of like, of like, oh, that is my mom. Oh, okay. 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 This is a, this is, this is a situation. So yeah, didn't think that one out. Uh, Hey pals, if you're writing something with fuck energy and you cast one of your oldest friends, don't forget, like, they will have to do the reading of it. Uh, Maybe this is just a me issue. As I pointed out in the conversation, I'm definitely the most bashful of the three of us. And that made the rest of the conversation take an interesting turn. I was expecting to get some tips for new actors about being comfortable with fuck energy from Josh and John, but they essentially just are comfortable with it. What started out as a conversation about fuck energy became a conversation about control, sublimation, empathy, recognition, and modern art as we kept talking. I think that Liam's- Liam has like such a specific brand of control issues. Um, which I, you know, obviously ties back into all of his bullshit. But instead of being control issues where it's like, uh, I think most people think about that in terms of like, uh, I, I want more control. I will take more control of things. Liam's control issues are like, uh, I have control over nothing. Uh, guess I'll spiral. Like, I guess I'll, guess I'll lean in. <laughs> he, his control on, <laughs> on the controls is really... Uh, I just know when to trigger a swan dive. Like, that's... Yeah. <laughs> that is his big red button. <laughs> <laughs> or what he thinks will be a swan dive, at, at the very least. Um, I'm not sure all, how this all relates to dicking, but it, I'm sure it does. <laughs> I feel like it's all... I feel like it's all connected. And actually, like... I have, I have a question for you, too, and I'm very curious about... Your oh, this sounded like a spicy one too. Uh, mm, hmm. Love it. Uh, do you think that their relationship is like? Are you pro their relationship? I mean, I'll I'll preface that statement with, or this statement that I enjoy terrible rom coms to okay. a and like a huge extent. Um. And so I am constantly rooting for relationships that, in actuality, should not work. Right. So I like them together. Um, but in real life, I do not think either of them should be dating anyone. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will say, um, so there are, like, a lot of things in writing Valence that I worry about getting a huge backlash on. Um, like, a lot, a lot. Um, their relationship is one of the biggest ones. Um, John, what do you think about it? Um, that's interesting, because I feel like their relationship cannot be removed from the context in which it comes. Absolutely. Like, um, and, and, and so... I think they work. Um, 
does it always look pretty? No. But that that's also true of relationships. Like, you can work well as a team and still have internal conflicts. Mm. Um, you know, obviously, like, to a certain threshold, right? Like, not, <laughs> not in no way would I ever say, like, oh, it's okay if terrible, terrible things happen in a relationship um, and that makes the relationship good. That's right. not what I mean. Um, but I, I think that they... recognize i i would guess will i'm gonna ask you this question okay does nico have an internal voice at all like liam uh his internal voice is so dramatically different but he absolutely does uh nico is constantly operating on like 15 wavelengths right um so he has uh, I was I was gonna um, end the sentence differently, but I think that the way that I actually need to end it is ADHD. Um, mm. He has ADHD, <laughs> is what I mean. Um, but like, so he has one wavelength where uh, it is like robotic assessment, um, and mm. that is constantly going. He has another wavelength that is very much like Liam's, but it is uh, the word I want to use here is underwater. Um, Okay. And then he has... Yeah, because fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, I think that that's actually really, like, a survival tactic for him, is, like, yeah. if he tunes into that at any time, like, he gets so self-destructive so fast. Um, yeah. And he... It's not that he doesn't want to do that. It's that he doesn't have the time. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then oh, there dear. is... <laughs> yeah. Then there is another wavelength, which is uh, his, like presentation wavelength um that is the thoughts that go that they're the thoughts that are pushing the second wavelength underwater um the ones that are you know like the the liam level is being murdered by (laughs) the presentation wavelength that is like cool kid thoughts and nico processing yes yeah (laughs) like does that make sense where it's like nico Nico processing how he wants to present himself in a situation to appear the way that he does. Um, right. Yeah. Uh, Nico has inner voices like Liam does in uh, w- with like 17 exclamation points around right. that statement. Right. Um, yeah, I ask. I just I mean, like they clearly see each other. Right. Yeah. They're 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 clearly seeing things that we can't necessarily bring into words. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think that that's why I like them. Yeah. I think their I think their relationship is honest. Um, and like <sighs> that's maybe not a great reason to endorse a relationship, but again, but I, bringing I it back to, like, the context in which it exists, like, right. I think it is a good reason to endorse their relationship. And also, I think that we're all, like, big kids enough to say, like, fiction is not the same as reality. No. Yeah. No. Um, Josh, if I ever come home to you, as I often do, <laughs> and I tell you I want to blow something up, please take me to the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> There is like 
percent of their flirting in season one really is like let's blow something up very <laughs> literally let's very literally blow something up yeah why do you think you did that like what what was do you think that there was anything that drove like that the inclusion of destruction with their flirting is that anything yeah uh, i because i think that like so, I mean, part of it is the fact that Nico has to bring the side out of Liam. Um, and that Nico is... Like, Nico is self-destructive in such a glamorized way. Very on purpose. Um, and Liam is so taken by that. Because I think that on one end, you know, it does put Liam in a situation where he doesn't have to think and he just does an action and I think he finds that very liberating. On the other hand, I think that the self-destruction manifesting as actual destruction and that being glamorized is part of what makes their relationship so messy and so unhealthy at times. Um, They both... They both act without thinking in ways that are sometimes liberating, often destructive. And I think that all of that ties together. Um, yeah. Like, oh. Yeah, uh, go for it, John. I, I was just going to say, just on a very, uh, on a basic level, Liam is incredibly repressed. Yeah. And, oh my God, yeah. And, like, I think Nico, uh, Nico obviously sees that. Anyone can see that. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and I just feel like the act of just blowing something up is just unchecked, um, just, like, unchecked release. And I feel like that's sort of how he turns, you know, building devastation into, like, a flirtatious thing. It's just, Mm -hmm. here's this thing you would never allow yourself to do. Let's blow up this building. Right, and, like, I think that uh, one of the things that that Liam and Nico recognize in each other immediately is, like, we both come from a place of really deep-seated, bizarre trauma. (laughs) We've walked somewhere familiar, and it was fucked up. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, And I think that... uh, I think that there is something attractive about that, right? Like, trauma bonding is a thing, and I don't think it's what these two are doing. Um, I think that's really important because their trauma is similar, but it's not something that they experienced together and it's very separate and they've both experienced it in completely different ways. But there is something attractive about um, being yourself entirely without the need of explanation with someone um, that I don't think either of them often get. Um, Liam has this in some ways with Flynn, yeah. But there is a separation there for sure. Like, it's so familial. And then on top of that... Um, it's I think, really a broken families thing. Right. And I think it's also like... <laughs> huh. This is a shitty thing about Liam. Um, but I guess it makes sense. Liam cares much more about not making Flynn worry uh, than he would ever care about that for Nico. I don't think that uh, Liam ever, ever, ever would care about making Nico not worry about him. I don't think that is a concept that is even present in his mind, that Nico would ever worry about him. Even though Nico has consistently shown that he does that. Oh. (laughs) Oh, both their little hearts. Both their little hearts. 
Yeah, I mean, I think I wonder if that's uh, that comes from them, you know, both like I said, like the broken family thing. Like right. they they both recognize in each other that like something about the way things were set up was kind of fucking wrong, right? right? And like so immediately suspicious of those sorts of links with other people, immediately suspicious with deep bonds. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think like them seeing that in each other uh, helps them respect each other. Absolutely. On a certain level. And, and like that probably feeds into the, into the retra- attraction. Yeah. And I guess going back into the like imagery of actual destruction, paralleling self-destruction, um, I think that part of why all of those things are connected and also part of why, you know, uh, Nico's like impulsive, let's go wreck shit. I think that part of why that's attractive to Liam is that like, it's the opposite processing, right? Like, like Josh was saying, like we have the repression and Nico's, well, maybe not like (laughs) the most uh, fully realized, there's a, an exhuming in it. Fucking excuse me? <laughs> like, there is, um, there is such a, it's, it's a display, you yeah. know, of trauma versus, uh, shoving something down. It is, a like everything else with Nico, a presentation. And I think that that, like, that side of self-destruction is something that probably, it makes Liam feel like he can breathe more. And... And Liam doesn't really do that for himself. No, he doesn't. Not there's at all. not really. I mean, I guess there is like drinking and fucking. But he doesn't really do that publicly. Sure, but what I'm saying is, like, he doesn't have an outlet. Right. Right. In that way, much in the same way that Nico doesn't have an outlet uh, for emotional processing. Maybe I don't know. Oh. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be dreadfully pretentious for a moment. Um, I am kind of fascinated and in love with concepts of, um, like, physical sublimation. Like, like, uh, there's a piece of art where I looked at it. It was in the Phoenix Art Museum. I looked at it and I was like, that's Liam. Like, that's just him. And I'm going to try to find it for you. Uh, Oh, God, what is it called? (sighs) But this idea of, like, putting on display the act of the self-exploding. If that makes, if that is anything. Yeah. Uh, so it's this. Yeah. God, it's so fucking cool. And like, this isn't gonna come through. Like, it's good it's, podcast material. Uh, right. Um, <laughs> well, you put it in for, the show notes. Huh? Show oh yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. And I mean, like, even for you two, like, showing this here is not going to give the effect of. Oh actually seeing it so what it is is it's this perfect cube of pieces of an explosion hung on 
on very thin, like probably fishing line. And it's an actual, uh, it's, it's a, a fire of a church. Um, it is called Mass Colder, Darker Matter. Um, and it's beautiful. But this, this sort of public, a public display of a feeling that can't be put into words, you know? And I think that that is, that is the kind of, that is the kind of self-destruction that is so appealing to Liam in ways that I don't think he realizes. But, but showing, leaving an actual mark of, like, I existed here, and you have to reckon with the way that my existence specifically feels. Is that... God fucking damn it. <laughs> right. I... Yeah, I... I feel like... Nico and Liam see in each other that they walked these paths that led to a point where they had to choose. One choice was let themselves explode. And one of one, the other choice was hold yourself at critical mass. Mm -hmm. Nico started exploding. Mm -hmm. And so like he is, uh, therefore like, therefore now I'm really doing armchair psycho psychoanalysis. Um, <laughs> I literally but, just brought modern art into the conversation. I think you're good. <laughs> Nico also like conversely sees Liam as having chosen not to self-destruct. Yes. And and so like they're at different phases of a same potential process. Um and maybe Nico is wanting to reverse the process or like is no longer comfortable with the process or there's mm -hmm. something in him that is searching for some sort of stability after well, he's exploding. Fucking exhausted. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the the funny thing about exploding is at the end it's all fucking gone. <laughs> like <Right. laughs> there's you don't explode and then come back from it. You you're you're fucking done. So, uh yeah, I'm sure he's totally exhausted. Yeah. Um something that I think is a really common theme um in in Valence and again even more so in season 2 is people <laughs> People say that they have a certain philosophy and a certain feeling, and uh, it's not that they lack self-awareness, it's that they are so fucking terrified of their self-awareness that they shove it down and just continue down a path. It's so... I write a lot of characters like, um, like a... Macbeth of emotional processing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I think Nico is very much, very much in the midst of that. Yeah, I think, I think that, like, something that I, I am now realizing is, like, a way of thinking about Valence is that it's a story about how, like, these people are all living these horror stories of philosophy because they don't think that there is any other option and that there is no yeah. way to at this point correct their choice like that that they have already made the choice they are uh stepped too far in blood etc et not for real thing. uh and that 
I, I think that the point maybe, of valence is that that is never people. true. Um, right. And even right. characters, like, obviously. Right. I just mean, uh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. 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 But especially, especially. Yeah, I'm sorry. Joshy, what were you going to say there? I'm sorry. I feel like, I feel like John and I have been on the mic. Yeah, I'm sorry. Oh, no. You two have been, uh, have been just so incredibly thoughtful. Um, I've, I've been, like, I've been trying not to just, like, what, like, I've been trying to not just listen to all of this really great stuff you've been saying. <laughs> and and I, I, I don't have too much to contribute because, like, I'm, I'm not going on after that. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, here, let me, clear the, let me clear the playing field for you. Uh, I think Nico bottoms most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't drinking anything. How did that happen? Scoring Magic is a Hug House production. You can find more at hughouse.productions. This episode was edited and written by me, Will Williams. In our next installment of Scoring Magic, me, Anne, and Katie do a retrospective. By the time it's out, Valence will have completed its first season. <laughs>